You've heard me talk about Morning Kick, used by former karate champion Chuck Norris. It's a daily drink from Roundhouse Provisions that combines ultra-potent greens like spirulina and kale with probiotics, prebiotics, collagen, and even ashwagandha. Just mix with water, stir, and enjoy. Unlike other green drinks out there, this one tastes similar to strawberry lemonade, and I enjoy it. I know I don't eat as many vegetables as I should, but Morning Kick has helped me make up for that, and I feel great. I have more energy and better digestion. It's an easy part of my morning routine. My wife started taking it as well. Go to roundhouseprovisions.com forward slash Harris for up to 44% off your regular priced order. Plus, every purchase is backed by a 90-day money-back guarantee. So if you want to experience smoother digestion, a boost of energy, and just an overall healthier body, then go to roundhouseprovisions.com forward slash Harris today. Hey, everyone. Good morning. I just want to make a quick video for those, especially who have asked me to explain why I'm taking some time to focus on the overreaction to... Uh, we'll say the current ailment that's gaining so much media attention uh, and has been for the last year and a half. Uh, the reason uh, primarily, even though I do have people that are affected by this and will be affected as the mandate in New York for healthcare workers spreads to other industries and states, is because I see parallels between this and the social justice religion. Uh, for those who have followed my podcast for any length of time, you know that I've made the argument, and I think effectively, that there's a relationship or a parallel between Christianity and social justice. And in the early days of when this was making inroads into evangelicalism, I was careful to try to not put everyone in a false teacher category, because I realized this is new, there's a lot of ignorance out there. But as time's gone on, it's obvious that social justice, um, and it really always has been, a parallel religion, a state religion, and those who adopted it within Christianity were syncretizing with it and uh, adopting, importing aspects of it into Christianity. And they're incompatible with Christianity, and it's, so it's false teaching. And um, I'm making that argument uh, much more, uh, with, with much more specificity in the book I have coming out next month called Christianity and Social Justice, Religions and Conflict. So look out for that. I have a whole chapter on it. But I see some similar things going on with COVID and the reactions to it. Um, so I want to talk about that. And uh, first, though, uh, real quick, some, some news, and then I'm going to make some announcements after we uh, go through all this uh, material on uh, the current ailment. Uh, number one, um, this is just sort of evangelical news, things that are trending. I just wanted to let everyone know if they don't know. John MacArthur won, and Grace Community Church, I should say, won their lawsuit uh, with the city of Los Angeles. The city of Los Angeles has to pay them damages uh, they have to pay uh, for their lawyers that they um, the, their lawyers fees and they also um, they were trying to take their parking lot away or the there's a um, a parking lot that the city of Los Angeles I guess leases with the church and they the church gets to keep the parking lot they get their lawyers fees taken care of it's a win-win and I, I want you to just remember back over a year ago when John MacArthur was saying you know what Romans 13 says we should shut down. And then, like two or three months later, he said, you know what? The state does not get to dictate to the church what it does. We're going to open back up. And that courage to stand alone, even though there was a few other churches, some Calvary Chapel churches in, in California standing, but that courage to um, stand, even if it was alone, in his own circles, uh, and to um, take the heat, take risks, it was infectious. And people 
other pastors rethought their positions on this because of his stand. And, uh, and he's been rewarded for it. So we just praise God. We thank God so much. He's been so merciful here. And I want that to encourage you. There's, 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 some, there's a little bit, sometimes you'll see some justice on uh, the earth. And this is one example of it. And we just got to keep uh, praying and keep um, fighting and uh, let that example inspire you. The other thing I wanted to mention is Tim Keller. I mean, the this, this sorry state of Tim Keller. Uh, he just thanked a friend of his who's an atheist, or he didn't thank, he congratulated a friend of his who's an atheist for uh, receiving a position at Harvard University, and it's a religious position. I can't remember if it was the dean of the School of Theology or if it was a chaplain, head of chaplains or something, but it's a religious position, and this guy's an atheist, and Tim Keller is uh, congratulating him. And the key thing here is it's public. He's publicly congratulating him. Um, I just don't see any reason to publicly congratulate someone who is going to uh, basically shipwreck the faith even further of young students going to Harvard. It'd be better if a millstone was hung around his neck. Uh, that's according to Jesus. And so I, I, I just think this is very sorry, um, a very sorry thing that Tim Keller's doing. And it's, I, I don't even know, I don't have words. It just, it just shows the, this ecumenical strain really accompanies the social justice stuff. And uh, Tim Keller's no exception. So I wanted to mention those things. Now let's get into uh, the, the COVID stuff and what uh, I believe is the formation right in front of our eyes of a state religion. And maybe it was already there. Some people already believed this, but it's just, it's going mainstream. Um, and, and here's some things to look at. And I, I encourage you, um, as, you're, um, as you're talking with friends or family uh, who are adopting uh, some of this paranoia and, and just blindly trusting things that they shouldn't without doing their own homework, that kind of thing, I want you to think about what you're hearing them say and uh, how they defend their, their positions and so forth. And ask yourself whether or not it sounds like this is a religious commitment on their part or this is uh, because they've actually done research and they're convinced by data and um, uh, they've tried to objectively study this as best they can. So uh, number one, um, here's something that I've seen a lot of ascribing attributes of deity to the government approved scientists assuming they're infallible all-knowing and inhumanly good um and let me just give you a few even i mean this happens in the world all the time i mean it's just blind trust the government said it uh and i believe it and that settles it i mean that's their logic and this is a religious commitment that they have we need to view it as that this is not going through the filters of reason. Uh, this is just blind faith. Um, it's, not, it's not even a reasonable faith in most cases. It's, yeah, I realize there's some people who are trying to weigh cost-benefit, and, and that's fine. But if you, if you come to the position that you can't even question these people at all, uh, you can't question Fauci, let's say, uh, then you're talking about some, something that's impervious to reason and logic and rationality. And again, they're ascribing aspects of deity, infallibility, like they can do no wrong. Uh, all knowingness, they, they, they just, uh, you know, they, they know all the alternative um, treatments and they've decided that they're not, they're not worthwhile. Um, in, like pure as the driven snow goodness. Uh, they just have our best interests in mind. And there's no corruption here. There's no way uh, there could possibly be any of that. 
So um, a few things I just wanted to point to. Um, Eric Erickson, uh, I just saw recently, he's a talk show host, conservative talk show host, said that doubting the Bible has a lot in common with doubting the vaccine. Eric Erickson, doubting the Bible has a lot in common with doubting the vaccine. And I watched his bit on it, and it was one of the more absurd things I've ever seen a talk show host, a, a segment. It just, it's like, what made you think this was a good idea? But essentially, his argument comes down to um, the people who doubt the, the, this treatment uh, are, they don't have any good reasons for it. Uh, they're just, they're the ones that are blindly believing conspiracies. And, um, and so they should just look at all the pre-approved uh, fact-checked websites, government um, responses, uh, various health department responses to these objections, which by the way, I, I do look at those things. And most of the people I know who are skeptical do look at those things, but that you know, they just gotta trust those people. And so it, it's kind of like projection in my mind. He's the one that actually is exhibiting kind of like a blind faith. But he's, he's equating this with like atheists or skeptics of the Bible and saying, well, if you are skeptical about the Bible because you believe that, um, you know, there's inconsistencies in, let's say, the gospel narratives uh, and you, you're not drilling down deep to find out if there's actual reasons for it, then you're just the same as people who doubt the, the current treatment. And that is it, it is disrespectful. Um, it is it's it's not fair. There are people who have thought very deeply about this and they are doing their homework. And I think they're drilling down a lot deeper than Eric Erickson is. Uh, they are looking at the responses. And, but, but, but look at just the example he uses. Um, he, he, he compares it to people who doubt the scripture. Why compare the vaccine or the, this, this treatment to, to the Bible? As if, you know, this, this um, book that we believe as Christians is infallible, is inerrant is uh, truthful in, in every aspect when it speaks about something. Um, this is an article of faith, and this is something that, it's not a blind faith, there's, there we, it's a reasonable faith, but, um, but we, we are gonna have rescuing devices for the attacks that are made against it, because our whole, our way of looking at reality is built on this foundation, this revelation that we have. And you're gonna compare that to the, the people in lab coats that the government says we have to trust and the institutions they work for. I mean, that, that is just, that should be kind of insane to people. Um, you also have like Russell Moore saying things like he feels like a truck ran over him after he got the treatment and then got COVID. Uh, but yet he encourages people in the same tweet thread to get the treatment that he just got, even though he feels like a truck ran over him. And I, I pointed out yesterday that many people in the thread were commenting and basically saying like, oh, it would have been so much worse. How do they know that? I mean, the data that just came out of Israel seems to show that it would have been much better <laughs> if, if someone, if you got the ailment and did not get the treatment, uh, you, would have been, you would have had a better chance of uh, not only surviving, but just not even being hospitalized for the variant. But th that's the data. That's, what we're, that's the data that we have right now like actual, like observable stuff, <laughs> but, um, but there is a blind faith and, uh, and Russell Moore is showing that. I mean, it's, this is impervious to reason. Uh, remember, I don't know if you remember this too, when um, last year, at the end of last year, when uh, Operation Warp Speed had completed, I remember Duke Kwan, and there were others who were saying similar statements, but he said, 
that it was like the already and the not yet. It was like eschatology. It was like Jesus's return waiting for the treatment. I mean, th this is like, you should just spot this. This is religious language being used. And it's, it's showing that there's a religious, and this is in evangelicalism. I'm not even talking about those who are completely secular, who just trust whatever the government says. Um, when, when bad things happen, people tend to call out for their gods. And, and, and so that's what's happening uh, in the world right now. And their, their God is government. Government's going to save us. I mean, I don't see days of humiliation and um, prayer like there used to be in this country uh, for an ailment or uh, an affliction of some kind. It is all, what's the government going to do? The government is our savior. Uh, and then you have, you know, you have prophets. You have the, the people that are pure as the driven snow in their motivation. Uh, Thou shalt not touch them. They can do no wrong. And people like Fauci are, are like this. They there's, there's really nothing you can say to some people, even though the, the, the corruption is off the scale with this guy. Uh, the lying, all, I mean, I'm not going to go into all of it, but it's like we have to trust what he says. We have to trust any, anyone the government approves. This, this is because he's a prophet. He takes that place in this state religion. Um, so the government is impervious to rational discussion. Faith in the government is uh, impervious to rational discussion. Uh, treating the government as a primary savior calling out to them first, um, cooperating in the, with the sovereign will of the state, and that's the only thing that can defeat the virus. Uh, and these are just a few factors in this equation that, that causes me to think we got a secular religion forming right in front of us. Um, and then there's the sacrifices, right? Uh, in in every, every religion, and Christianity is no exception. In Christianity, of course, we believe Jesus Christ made the ultimate sacrifice um, for uh, his people he died on the cross. He paid for their sins. Uh, he, he, um, his, his life and death are applied to them so they can be in a right relationship with God if they have faith in him. Uh, and and this, is, this is the basic message of Christianity. And of course, then we are called to be living sacrifices to God. We, in, we, we, if we love God, if we are thankful for what he did, we keep his commandments. We have a new relationship with him, a new heart, right? Sacrificing is, is part of Christianity. And it's part of every religion out there. You have to sacrifice something. And it's no different here. People are sacrificing their personal individual liberties as if it were a ritual. And why do I say that? Because they're posting it on social media. Pictures of, of after getting the shot. Pictures of social distancing. Pictures of being of masked selfies. I mean, these are the most ridiculous thing in my mind. You're taking a, a, a selfie of, of yourself masked. What, what are you trying to communicate in that? There's nothing innately wrong with taking that picture, but what are you trying to communicate? And I think more often than not, it, it's sort of a virtue signal. It's, it's saying like, look, look at me. This is, I mean, remember Russell Moore's This Hobbit is Vaccinized tweet where he had a double mask and he got vaccinated and he's showing, I mean, this is like, look at me. And, and of course, it didn't really do him much good. He, he got it anyway. And it was, felt like he got run over by a truck. So um, another thing that exposes this willingness to make sacrifice and, and it exposes who the authority and who you, we make the sacrifices to, uh, who, who's the God of the system. Another thing that exposes this is last summer, the BLM rallies, right? It was okay to break the rules of the quarantine to go out and to, uh, participate in those because ultimately the state is God. The state is the authority. And we saw this even with David Platt, with Jonathan Lehman of Nine Marks Ministries, with Thibiti and Abuile. They all went out to the same march 
when their churches were closed. Their churches were not open. They were trying to follow these guidelines, yet they would publicly gather for a BLM-styled rally. Uh, that's the kind of thing that exposes this whole thing. It shows that it's, it's acceptable. There's exceptions that can be made if the state justifies it, if the state is okay with it, if it follows the, the spirit of the age, the zeitgeist of the age. Now, I want to head off an objection at the past that people might have to my whole line of thinking here. And they say, John, government can't be God to these people because look, Trump was in office and they didn't worship the government then. And that, this is what I want to say to that. It's, it's the concept of a, it, it's not government per se. It is the concept of an all-powerful totalitarian t styled central authority capable of redistributing uh, privilege, power, etc., um, to create some kind of a just society or a utopia. That's what, that's the idolatry. That's what's being worshipped. Trump didn't represent that. When he was at the helm, he didn't, he, he was against that. He wanted, in their minds, he was against that kind of thinking. And so, um, yes, he may have been leading the government, but it's not, it's not the entity of the government. It's not the government itself. It's the concept. It's the line of thinking. It's the ideology of uh, the, the central authority and what it's supposed to do. Um, and so now that you have someone who has that thinking, who is a utopianist and is at the helm of the government, now the government is uh, in a more favored position with these people. And if it wasn't attached to Trump, right, if it was Fauci, then, of course, even when Trump was president, it was let's follow let's follow the government. Right. So um, so Trump represented a, a, a threat to to the government to in their minds to this central authority that was going to make a just society through uh, redistributing everything and uh, destroying hierarchies that would challenge it. So that's the idolatry. Now, I want to say this in closing, kind of the Gospel Coalition constantly there's so many examples of it, the Gospel Coalition and other ministries as well, but I want to pick on them, constantly go after idolatries. They go after marriage. They go after family. They go after your commitment to your country, nationalism, right? Christian nationalism. Um, you know, Russell Moore says uh, that uh, if you, uh, are, you value your family too much, it's a satanic deception, Um and it's idolatry because you can idolize your family, you can idolize your marriage, you can idolize your country. And in so doing, all they're doing is they're trying to pour cold water and prevent someone from objecting to the revolution that is right in front of them, that's destroying everything they care about. They, you know, you want to go out and defend a monument that's being taken down. You want to, um, because, you know, that, that represents the sacrifice your family made or whatever. You want to go out and defend um, your families uh, in the healthcare field, their right to, uh, not have an exemption, uh, or, or I'm sorry, rather have an exemption, uh, not uh, participate in the mandate. Uh, you want to uh, defend the inroads made by the LGBTQ lobby in your church. You want to, whatever it may be, if it's under attack, then um, you just got to be careful of idolizing those very natural and good things God's given us. I mean, marriage is an institution from from God. Our family is. And, and you have to uh, somehow... Um, uh, check yourself against that. Yet, when it comes to the state, when it comes to the state religion, they are all on board. Oh, uh, the what the government's doing to make us wear masks in church and uh, not sing in church and take this uh, this treatment 
that they're they're approving even though there's tons of alternatives out there that are proven to be better um, and at least have success rates that, that we can actually quantify no don't look at any of that you need to just blindly trust what the government says and the best that I've seen any Christians um, with any kind of a platform do is they'll try to say well um, let's let's try to uh, kind of like make this out to be a personal decision. We'll downgrade this controversy so that those who are for and against it uh, can somehow live in peace, and uh, and we won't split the church. Um, but other than that, I mean, most plasters with with a platform, and certainly the Gospel Coalition, they're all on board with this stuff, and they don't even see that this is idolatry. Uh, like this is real idolatry. And uh, this isn't just, you know, and, and yeah, you can value something God gave you too much. But look, the, the state is not God. There's only one king. It's Jesus. The state is not the king, not not in a divine transcendent sense, not in the sense that the state uh, has pure of the driven snow motives. I mean, it's composed of people, right? Um, not in the sense that the state can do no wrong. It's inerrant. It's infallible somehow. Um, it's all knowing. Uh, no, that's not the state. And we're not supposed to be making sacrifices to it. And, uh, you know, the only exceptions are when it approves something. No, I'm sorry. Uh, they don't get to make those rules. And um, that's the real battle that we have in front of us, guys. I hope that clarifies it for you because we are fighting over two religions. And if you don't see this with the COVID stuff, um, hopefully you see it with the social justice stuff. It's getting us to the same place. And if, you're, if you've been watching over the last five years, uh, six years, seven years, You'll notice every two or three years, it switches. It'll be the Me Too movement, right? Then it'll be uh, BLM, social justice. Then it'll be uh, the, the current ailment and how they're using that. What, it, what will it be next? There's an advancement made, and in every single case, it's somehow it benefits those who want totalitarian authority over your life, and they want to create some kind of a utopia or some kind of a just society here on Earth by destroying other hierarchies and redistributing um, privilege and power and money, etc. That's what we got. Uh, that's what we're up against. And it's time we define who the enemy is and who's working with them. People, many of the writers at the Gospel Coalition are working with the enemy. Many of the celebrity pastors are working with the enemy, whether they know it or not. They are fusing this mindset with uh, the Christianity, and it's a syncretized religion. And it's downright wrong, and that it's time someone said it. So I'm saying it, and uh, I hope that clarifies some things for you and at least causes you to think about it some more. So God bless. Uh, more coming next week. And uh, some quick announcements. I got a lot of stuff. I feel like I'm on the precipice of so many big projects you're going to love. And look, those who give on Patreon, those who pray, I mean, you're making this possible. Thank you so much. Um, Lots of big, I haven't even announced all of it, but there's a lot of big stuff. We're on the precipice. I think in the next month, the next the next month and a half, especially, uh, and certainly next the next two months, you're going to see a bunch of big projects coming out that I've had, that I, I've spent a lot of work on. And um, and, and I'm, I'm now talking about even other projects. In fact, um, I would encourage you, you know, those who are giving, keep giving. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm very efficient with what you give me, and it goes to... Uh, to to uh, the the projects that that I'm doing and this podcast and writing and curriculum and all the rest, but um, there is an opportunity and I think it'll either be early next year or it'll be the end of this year. But there will be some opportunity. I'm I'm hoping. I, I started uh, this process this morning uh, with a 501c3 organization uh, to do some uh, some some documentary work. So 
Uh, stay tuned for all that. Lots of announcements coming. I uh, hope this was helpful to you. God bless. And uh, enjoy your afternoon uh, and your morning wherever you are. Bye now. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.